evening. Welcome to <laughs> good evening. Welcome to Laughing Monkey Music Show. We have on Graham Bonnet. How are you? Uh, I'm okay. Uh, as you can see, I'm unshaved, and uh, we've just got it. It's kind of like um, I don't care right now because we're off the road, so I I don't have to shave. But I, I do get. I got a new razor, in fact, yesterday because mine broke on the road. We had a lot of um, problems, unfortunately. We had uh, a flat tire in England. Then we went to uh, uh, to Spain. We had a flat tire there. We had flat tires, and all the band was sick. So we had a great boat. Had a great tour, believe it or not. But um, now, as I said, I'm sort of relaxing and not sure. Sh- I will shave later. It's well, you're allowed, to, you're allowed to. I don't like shaving on a regular daily basis and I go nowhere. So it's. And I, so, yeah, it's it's a drag, pain. isn't it? it really is, especially when my hair is very fine and I use an electric razor and sometimes it sort of snags the hair. It's like, uh, yeah. Anyway, enough of the shaving. <laughs> well, actually, it's funny. There's actually a reference in your last, was it the imposter video and the imposter song? You do a reference to the electric uh, yeah. razor. Yeah, yeah, so that's because... the tie-in. That's the tie-in you're using right now. Good lead-in, Bond. <laughs> I thank you. Oh, yes. It's a thing I think we all have, you know, when you're uh, sort of getting older and whatever. I mean, you know, if you're 40 or 30 or whatever, you look in the mirror and say, no, well, no wait a minute, I don't look like that, do I? But now I say I look in the mirror and I see, <laughs> I still see the younger me, but at the same time I see my dad. Which was he was a very handsome man, I must say. <laughs> so, but my dad Lou, I mean Lou Bonnet was uh, he was, was actually a very handsome man, and uh, he died when he was ninety two. And I, I, I miss him. I was talking about him this morning to Bethany. I said how much I miss him, you know, because recently we lost um, an, another dear friend, Bethany's uh, ex husband's mom. She died a few days ago, and uh, we're kind of going through that morning right now. It's um, Everybody's dying all over yeah. the damn place. But her mom, his mom, I should say, Peter, his name is her ex. She was ninety-five, and um, wow. we used to exchange pain, uh, pains and aches when she came over. We'd always have uh, a bit of a laugh about getting older. And I said, you know, because I'm a baby compared to her, you know. And uh, but she said, "Oh, Graham, I can't. she's she had a German accent. I go, I can't lift my arm more than this, you know." I'm saying, "Yeah, I, I know what you mean. It's that." arthritis thing but um so we're going through a time where we kind of just want to relax yeah. and think about her and you know christmas coming up which is always it's always this time of year when you lose uh people who are close to christmas it seems or birthdays or holidays holidays and you know it, and you said but the age though to me i always think i look at you i mean you're 75 right like you are yeah i'm gonna be i'm gonna be 76 in a few days oh wow so happy early know. birthday. Um, yeah, thank you. I think it's amazing. I think the energy you put out, like, I couldn't, I'm, I'm 53. I haven't got the energy you have. Your vocals are as strong as ever. Like you, there's no, I mean, that's inspiring. That's like when you, like growing up, I'm like, I never thought, you know, what 50 would look like. Look, 75, I mean, that's what, that's the bar. You're like, it's like raising the bar. You know what I mean? That's, <laughs> that's well, great. It's, um, I mean, the outer shell is isn't wearing well as, as one of my songs said. Oh wait a minute, the dogs coming back. You know what I mean? I figure. Good girl. Um, the outer shell isn't wearing well. It's a line I put in a song. I can't remember which song it is. It doesn't matter. But I mean, you know, I can see that I'm older. I can see that I'm older. But unfortunately, we, I think we all feel the same way. You, you don't change. I still feel the same way as I did when I was eighteen. You know, that, I that do too. Of, and I don't. Leader. 
Yeah, but I never understood that when they say you're gonna, you're not gonna realize it. I'm like, I, I, I don't listen. But then you walk by, you look in the mirror, like you said, you're like, who's that old dude looking at me? Like, <laughs> <laughs> no. But as I said, it was a very handsome man. I, the first, the first thing I noticed was um, not necessarily looking in the mirror, but looking down at my hands and going, hang on, that's my dad's hands. I remember them looking like this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Sort of, they've been. My dad was a farmer. And he worked very hard on the land and uh, his hands were kind of like big man's hands, you know. And I looked down, down at my hands and go, well, not quite big man's hand, but uh, they are um, sort of like my dad's. But, um, you know, I grew up in a farming uh, community kind of thing. And I look back at those times and um, I was very happy. And it, I was lucky to have parents like I had. They were very encouraging. And when I left home when I was 18 to go to London, um, they were said to me, well, Graham, I don't know. I don't know if this is a good idea. But then they encouraged me when they found out that I was getting work together for myself in the yeah. music business, you know. So, um, and after that, of course, they were with me all the way. It was, uh, I've been very lucky. I had a musical family and um, they helped me develop my talents, if you will, you know. Well, beyond that, I think, obviously, from a hardworking farming family, I think that's just a work ethic. It's also pushed you through because the music business, you could have the talent, but it's not going to push you through to get through no. all the other garbage. That's that's like, you know, talent's like 10%. The rest of the garbage yeah. you've dealt with all these years since, what, 67, 68, and now it's, yeah. it's bananas. The industry's changed. Yeah. You've got to be flexible. You've got to deal with personalities and travel and yeah. illness and, oh, everything. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, things of, um, I always think, you know, it doesn't matter how freaking good you are. Uh, it seems to me, I'm being very sarcastic and cynical about this, I think. It seems to me um, sort of, uh, what can I say? Um, sort of, I'm trying to think of a word that I can put in here. Um, being very average, <laughs> not really the best musician in the world, but you can have uh, a team behind you that works for yeah. you. A lot of people in, in the business, you know, it seems like uh, mediocrity rules. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, there's a lot of mediocre performers out there. Uh, yeah, I mean, with a great yeah. bunch of handlers. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I look back at my days, you know, when I was in England, and you know, I said, my mum used to say to me, um, do you know who Cliff Richard is? Cliff Richard? Oh, yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Cliff Richard was like the British so-called Elvis, and my mom used to say to me, you're better looking than him, Graham, and you sing much better. Well, you know, and but she say things like that, and I thought, oh, no, I'll never do that. I, I wish I at Cliff Richard, because my girlfriend loved him at the time, you know, and um, so I bought her a, a Cliff Richard album for Christmas, I remember, and I listened to it, and I thought, eh, I don't know, but she was very happy with it. <laughs> but that's the way it is, you know, all these girls love, love Cliff Richard, and he's still around, you know, we know that. And, um, it just seems, yeah, mediocrity. Um, it's 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 the machine around that mediocrity that makes something out of almost nothing, you know. And, and, um, and you need a good team, you need, you, you know. Yeah, and you need a team. No, and you need a team, and that's really the model even yeah. nowadays. But yeah. To make it in music, you have to have a team of other people. You have to do your music, but you have to know how to let other people do your other stuff and how to handle it. It, it, it changes obviously with media over the years, with record companies and streaming. But you got to have yeah. that. Somebody has a uh, you know the pulse, but also yeah. has your back, and they yeah. get somebody that has the pulse and have your back. That's mm -hmm. always been the challenge for musicians. You're either getting yeah. screw screwed over, or you know, 
you're not getting anywhere because you're just, right. you know, so to get both of them is when you get a, you know, huge, but even yeah, the big yeah. ones, you know, you get Peter I, Grant, you get Colonel Parker, you know, even the big ones get yeah. the money for them. You, you still get, yeah. you know, the, well, what we've done, well, Bethany has now taken over the management and everything because we've had crap. I can't think, but about three or four managers that couldn't manage us for whatever reason, you know, um, they didn't understand the music. They didn't understand the personalities within the band. Um, but now Bethany has taken over everything. And I tell you what, she's doing a freaking great job, you know, booking all the flights, blah, 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 tour manager, bass yep. player. And that, now she said, oh, don't I'm doing all this shit. You want me to play fucking bass? Yeah, absolutely. You know. And you uh, she's, something really nice for Christmas. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's... <laughs> people, I tell you some things, people love her. And if she wasn't there, they go, well, what's happened to the band? You know, but because she's been there, she helped produce the last record with uh, Conrad, our guitar player. And she's uh, very... she's. Uh, developing her talent more than I, I realized she would because she got very, very much into bass playing now. And uh, at first she was like, ah, oh, you know, it's okay, it's fun, blah, blah, blah. But now she's really got serious about it. And um, I'm not saying she wasn't before, but she was in like a, um, a band that did all covers and things like that, you know. But this is writing music, all new stuff. Right. And she gets, uh, you know, gets in there and develops, you know, a bass part and whatever else, you know. But before that, she was really just doing, um, you know, cover songs with a band she was in here in L.A. before I met her. And that's like 10 years ago now or 11 years. So we've been together about 11 years, I think. And um, right. so, you know, it's um, the band has gotten better. Now we have a, a new keyboard player, um, Alessandro Batoni. Alessandro Batoni. And, uh, oh, God, everybody's foreign in this band except for the one guy. That's uh, <laughs> I mean, technically, you're foreign too. If you're in this country, yeah, you're yeah. saying it. So, <laughs> no, we're, we're all foreign, we're all, nobody's right. actually from here, you know. So, <laughs> yes, so uh, we have Kyle Hughes, who is he's 26, he's a very young man, wow. a drummer. he's a great drummer. So, now we have those two people the keyboard player and the drummer, who are really ace, and uh, Conrado Pesonado, who's a great guitar player, and of course, Bethany playing bass and me singing. You know, so it's uh, it's good. It's like a little family. I'm very happy we got these two new guys because they're very much into it. And they, you know, if if, if everything goes wrong, they can always put things right. You know, uh, wait a minute, it's we're having a crappy night tonight. No, we're not. All right, then. You know, I, I like the way they drive me because some sometimes I feel like oh, fuck you know, I don't want to go. Oh. I, I have bronchitis on the road, so there's me with bronchitis. I've just got back, as I said. Uh, we had Alessandro, our keyboard player. He had back problems. Our drummer, Kyle, he had he was throwing up. Our guitar player was okay. Conrad was fine. Bethany was sick, stomach problems. So all that was going on while we're trying to do a show, you know. And as I said, these guys, they, you know, they came forward and uh, did the best they could with these illnesses going on and backing me up because I was like, <clears throat> you know, coughing and choking. But once well, I heard them play, I said, well, if they can do it, so can I. And it went very well, I must say, the tour we just did. I'm very uh, proud of the band, very proud of them. Well, I think to be, uh, you know, at your level, you need a band that's going to keep inspiring you and sometimes bringing in new blood, younger people, people that are happy, enjoying it, being fresh. Yeah. You can feed yeah. off of their energy because you've been doing it for so long. It can be yeah. coming out of this, or, you know, at this point. I mean, 
first off, for guitar players, you have to have a good guitar player. I mean, look at all the people you've played with. I mean, geez. Yeah. I mean, the bar is like here for to be a guitar player for you. You can't be like, you know, mediocre. You've got to be firing all the cylinders, you know, to begin with. Yeah, I, all the songs you do. Now, obviously, everyone knows you from MSG, Alcatraz, you know, Rainbow. But, and I know been talking about, but you've done a couple albums in the past couple of years. That I think of, firstly, I think some of your best work ever, you know, vocally. Thank and I, I'm talking back from uh, the past three is the book. Um, you know, back mm-hmm. to the garage, and then, and then, and you know, the last one you did, um, yeah, it's just fan- a day out of nowhere. Yes, a day out of nowhere. Yeah, I like you know you- one, yeah. the last one. Oh, dog again. Bloody hell! Go on then. Don't come back this time. Um, <laughs> the dog is in and out, in and out. If I'm sitting here, she wonder what the hell I'm doing by the door. You know. So uh, yeah, the last one we did, I think we had. I I, I spoke to Conrad about. Um, how I could never get the right microphone for my voice. Because uh, when I first started in the business, well, you know, recording seriously back in 1968, I remember I was recording at IBC Studios, Portland Place, London. And uh, that's where the Bee Gees used to record and everybody yeah. else. It's a huge place. And they would say, um, okay, let's, uh, huh. can you sing a bit, Graham? Oh, okay, yeah. Let me bring out some microphones. I have like a row of microphones, one, two, three, and four or something. And I said, now try that one. Now try this one. Now try that one. Eh. And I go up to the to the control room and say, well, it doesn't really sound like me. It doesn't give you, you can't feel the energy like, or whatever. Did it like, did it like make your voice, was it making your voice like thin? I Because you have like a baritone, but vibrato. And it's like, I think you needed a, a good mic to pick up your voice because you have a strong voice. Yes. And I can imagine being thin sounding. Yeah. I mean, that this time we, 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 Conway went out and found the right microphone that I can't remember the serial number of or anything right now, but it picks up, you know, the sound of your chest, yeah. your throat, and it, you know, you get the body. It feels big. Feel. It feels big. Yeah. It's really, yeah, really big. And uh, that's what she said. Ah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I like joke. Thank you very much. I'm here all week. Um, yeah, so um, I've actually I've actually listened to the album. Gone, I can listen to that again. With but with most of my albums I did in the past, you know, before uh, we really got this together, I, I can't listen to them because the sound is very thin or whatever, you know. But on this album, the last album we did, I think the band sounds fantastic, and I like the songs, you know. But yeah. on the other two albums we've done, I I the same really. We just didn't yeah. have that vocal thing, which we now I have. Right, but I mean, those other two albums, the vocal thing was still really good. I think I, obviously, it does pop more recently, but I mean, the production on those other two, I mean, the songs are so good. Like, I, I'll be honest with you, because a lot of singers' voices right now, as they age, are, the voices are aging out on a lot of people. Part of it's just not taking care of yourself. Part of it's just heredity. You know what I mean? But you, I mean, I don't know how you're keeping your seventy-five. You're singing that strong. I mean, like, I don't know. You make a deal with the devil. You drink into the the, the teardrops of orphans, like what are you doing? <laughs> you <laughs> know, I, I don't, it's what it's what I don't know. You know, I've just been very lucky. A lot of my friends who are singers can't sing anymore. You know, right. well, they can sing, but not the way they used to. Like lower or reason, yeah, higher. Yeah, whatever. Just the power and the you know the vibrato is not there, or there's too much vibrato. People start singing like <laughs> like an old person. Yeah. <laughs> You know what I mean? You need the walking stick, yeah, sort of. And 
I, I recognize that in one of the things I, I recognize that in was an older one, was uh, Tina Turner. I noticed how her voice had more vibrato than it used to have. And that's like an old voice. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? I, if, I can't put it any other way. But I, I hear that in singers when they're getting older, they have a lot of vibrato they don't have, because they don't have much air. I, I don't know what it is. Um, it, it's hard to put my finger on it. That's that's what she said too. Uh, um, but it's <laughs> try I the think, chicken, tip the waiters. <laughs> here all week. Ah, no, I'm still here all week. It's um, it's one of those things that I think I was lucky to be born with. I have my the lungs of my granddad, all similar. He had a huge chest. He had a huge chest and a very thin uh, waist, like a greyhound. He was built, and I have the same kind of build, and also. The shape of your head. The dog, not the uh, bus. Eh? Not the, dog, the dog, not the bus. You said the like yeah. greyhound. I said the dog, not the bus. For people that are paying attention at home, this case is confused. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it depends on the body. You know, right. It all is about the body, you know. Um, especially this. The face is your sound box, as we all know. It's like a guitar when you strum it. That sound box makes the, the volume or whatever. And uh, the, the breathing... Is something when you have bronchitis, it's very hard. I can tell you, um, you know, the breathing is something to do with it. And so, what I do now is I really think about what I'm singing and uh, think, okay, this is coming. Up. I've got to take a really deep breath now before we do that part. I've got to have the vibrato really even and the high note really even, you know. So I think about it more than I used to. I think, you know, um, especially when we're recording. I, you know, I listen to myself and. So no, again and again and again. You're never satisfied. But live, I always think, okay, breathe, breathe. Takes the deepest breath you can, and uh, go for it. You know. I mean, honestly, what was the volume? You know. Pardon, it's, sorry. It's great. No, I'm saying, but it's great. I'm not just saying that. Like, I can't believe. In fact, I was listening to it um, today just because I want to talk about it, and I was re-listening to it, and I was thinking, your voice is so strong, and it actually reminded me of. I didn't think about it, like. This is way back in the 90s when Bruce Dickinson left Iron Maiden. I'm surprised you weren't one of the people called because your voice, you were one of the few voices that could have stepped in. Obviously, image wise, you were looking at their manager. It wouldn't have been the same thing because they were totally opposite looking. Yeah. But you had the voice that could have stepped in and picked right up because it's so strong. You know, mm -hmm. well, and he, actually he still has a voice. I, mean, I actually think your voice is probably stronger than his at this point still. It's because it hasn't changed, you know. No. No, I saw him recently. We went to see him play with the band. God, what a show that is. Bloody hell. I, yeah. It's all the, it's the, what is it, the theatrics or whatever. It's like, it's like a fucking, I don't know. It's like a musical or something. The robots and the blah, 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 whatever it is, that giant thing. And oh my God. So yeah, because uh, <laughs> Bruce invited us along and we met his now wife, his, his girlfriend yeah. at the time. Yeah, they just got married, didn't they? Oh, yeah, did. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's a busy like, guy. He's, he's a busy guy. Yeah, yeah. And uh, okay. we went and I we were backstage, and um, uh, I said, "Well, where, where's Bruce? He's talking to his good girlfriend, wife for now." And uh, she says, "Oh, he's, he's in the shower." And <laughs> he comes out with a towel on his head and the thing around his waist. A towel around his waist. Oh, hello, Graham. <laughs> <laughs> yeah man <laughs> yeah woo. you know uh, as unheavy metal as you can get you know but but he's a very down-to-earth person you know he's you know when you're on stage it's a different you're playing a character you know let's right. face it 
That's not well, or is that really you? And the one you're I'm playing now is not really me. Maybe the one on stage is really me, but you know, you have two separate, uh, separate personalities because you have to have that to go on stage and show off, so to speak. And, um, yeah, it's funny, yeah, yeah it's split personality, I think. Most things, no, I think, you know, I think the problem, I think a lot of entertainers and creative people, and I talked to, talk to a lot of people, I think what I always see is there's the creative source of your songwriting. And then the entertainer for the crowd to perform your creativity. And sometimes that's a struggle with an artist because the creativity is what gets them going, but not everyone's up to being the entertainer. And that's usually what gets you yeah. and crushes people. Or yeah. you can do it well, like you do it well, Bruce does it well. But, you know, and, and someone like Bruce, you know, flies planes. I think he has a solo album coming out now. You know, he's got a solo yeah. tour. And then Maiden, like, you've got three albums out of the past couple of years. I mean, you, you just keep the machine going. Like, you know what I mean? You're touring. Actually, you're on tour. You just finished your Spain tour, but now what's going on with the into January uh, touring? Where are you going to start picking up at? Yeah, we're, we're um, let's see. I've got to think about this. All right. I don't have my manager here at the moment. No wrong answers. <laughs> no wrong answers. North North America? Just, just throw out uh, continents yeah, if you want. You know, um, we're playing, uh, I'm not sure if we're going to Boston or Chicago. We don't do many uh, shows here. That's the the problem is, um, you know, this this the music we're playing is not fashionable at the moment, as you know, and uh, it's all yeah. um, electronic, whatever, and nobody sings, nobody plays. It's all machines, and um, what we're doing is, in a way, sort of dated rock. But uh, you know, because our audience uh, would consist of uh, all white guys. Old, old white guys, old white guys' music, <laughs> you know, like me, yeah. and uh, you know, gray hair buggers, and all. but but now I found that it's changed a lot because the last few concerts we've done in uh, in South America and uh, in uh, uh, Japan, etc., that the, the audience is younger and there's more females all of a sudden, and I don't know why that is. But now there's more women in the audience and they're coming back and going, oh, Graham, blah, blah. You know, we we love you. We've, we've done this. You know, I've been listening to your music for years. I've never heard that before from an older uh, white woman, <laughs> so to speak, you know. But they're there. I'm not saying they're old and crotchety. I'm no, talking no. about women like 40 or no, whatever. No, the, the, demo, the demo for hard rock, metal, whatever you want to call it at the time, is, has always been, you know, very niche. And I yeah. think it's opening up. And I, I noticed it by the demo on my show. I tried doing artists from the 60s up until now. Yeah. I don't do a lot of modern that modern rock as much. I, I'm more doing like guitar and vocal type of singer-songwriter, you know, music. Yeah. And because the goal is to, to, to tell people generation-wise, because I'm 53, this stuff's going away. you got to appreciate this this kind of music. You know what I mean? you got to support it. Yeah. And I, But there has been a resurgence, I think, for a lot of bands from the uh, 80s and 90s. And yeah. My my demo's changing. Like the the watch my show. Yeah. You know, it's rising up, you know, female. Yeah, yeah. At first it was mostly all male, like almost all male in a certain right. age group. And now it's opened up to female, you know, it's not a certain actually not just male or female, it's uh, non gender specific, which is even better. Like I, I just yeah. want it to be just an open palette for everybody to just enjoy yeah. music. And yeah. maybe That's it's because they're bringing their kids. I brought I just brought my kid to see a concert not that long ago. When they're getting older, they're, yeah, yeah. you know, for me, um, I do think there's been a surgence of some, like, generationally, I say because, you know, like, when you when you listen to music at a certain point in your life, it's, those are your years. That's the classic lineup for a band. 
And then a lot of people go off to college and work and stuff. They don't listen to music. It's not a priority. But now a lot of them have, have it's like my dog at home. It, it, they don't have the same priority. But like when you get older and once you get past that, your kids are out of school or whatever, you, you're back, you have expendable money. Yeah. You're back at concerts yeah. again. You're doing it again. Yeah. And I think that's part of the resurgence again for rock because everyone's back at a spot where they're like, all right, I'm going out and I'm going back to music again. You know, I, I got all that yeah. grown up stuff done. And, but now they're bringing yeah. their kids. And yeah. I think that's bringing something to the, to the, the table. Yeah, but it, it is. Well, on the last uh, tour we did, where were we? I think we went to Japan or something. But we took, um, I can't remember where we were. I've been, I'm sort of, I'm a little bit still jet lagged. I keep going to sleep at three in the afternoon. Um, uh, we took uh, Bethany's son along. And uh, he's, he's a drummer. And uh, he was just, he'd never been backstage, so to speak, with, uh, you know, a band on tour. And you really enjoyed it. And he's, uh, see, he's 19. And he was like, this is incredible. I mean, he's a 19-year-old kid, but he loves all the heavy stuff. And at first, I, I wasn't quite sure if you liked what we were doing, because, you know, you can't say to your mom, oh, I love your band, mom, you know, whatever. And he, he couldn't say to me, Graham, yeah, that's really good. He, he never said. He never says anything, but I know he really likes it, what we're doing. But um, he was like thrilled to go backstage and see what happens, you know. And I think that's something that we're saying. It's, there's a younger audience coming along now, you know, which is uh, great. It's it's more, you know, yeah, there's yeah, young yeah, rock bands now yeah. too. You know, a lot of, a lot of bands yeah, you can't are to emulating it. that too. You know, there's a lot of good bands emulating the 80s. Um, yeah. There's a lot, lot more female bands, all female bands, female fronted bands. Yeah. Um, yeah. I try to get them on my show as much as I can. I, I think that's great because, you know, more younger, more mixed crowds of male and female and everyone, you know, or non-gender, whatever. I mean, that's just what it needs because it yeah. needs new bands because you're not going to have the the theater of, of Maiden or you, you guys touring and all this stuff. You're not going to have it. You need to have live musicians putting the work yeah. in right now, not I, I on, think that's, on Instagram. That's what's happening. I think uh, people are realizing how fucking boring this uh, electronic bullshit is, you know, because... A dog. I'm sorry. <laughs> I have to let her out. She's wagging her tail here. And... Um, yeah, because I think people are now are getting bored with the um, you know the stuff I'm talking about. You know what I'm saying? It's all... well, I think it's more radio. I think that the, the dance stuff is a dance crowd of people. That's like a specific dance group. I think what yeah. they're sick of is the radio. Yeah. You know, product that just spitting out. It's very. It's like regurgitated. Yeah, there's that uh, disco thing going on. You know, we yeah. play a lot in England where, uh, like in Manchester or wherever, we finish at, say, one o'clock in the morning and then we go outside and there's a huge line around the block. And we go, oh, God, what? Is there another show on? No, it's a freaking disco. Watching some guy play music and go, hur, 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 you know, do all his rap. You know, it's like unbelievable. You know, it's like, what the hell is happening? But um, as I was saying, it is turning around, I'm glad to say, because people want to hear real music played by real people, you know, yeah, not listening I mean, to something through some speakers somewhere, you know. I, I, yeah, I mean, so, like, with your schedule, like, do you, how are you keeping your, obviously your, your voice is good, how are you keeping yourself rested? I mean, do you feel I'm like not. you get, do you, like, do, do, <laughs> do you feel like you get, like, you're like, all right, I, I'm only going to tour this long in a year or this many years, like, do, do you feel like, you want to keep yourself preserved because obviously, you know, you're getting tired from training. You know what I'm saying? Like, how are you keeping your energy up? Like, a lot of people cut back on tours, and you're touring more than most people half your age. So, yeah, 
Uh, well, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't feel like doing it some 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 nights. I mean, obviously, you know, I'm human and uh, I don't sleep real good because you've always, when you've done a show, you've always got that show going through your mind. What what happened on that show? Or what we're going to do tomorrow? Blah, 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 blah. And we go to bed for an hour and then get up and have to get in the car and drive to somewhere else or get on the plane. Uh, one one day in this tour, we took like three different flights, didn't we, Bethany? Yes, and I yeah. threw up on all. And she threw up on them all. She's very proud of that, and I'm very proud of her for saying that. <laughs> it, was, it was, yeah, it was, uh, oh, man, yeah. She, I, I thought, well, what the hell? She was walking in front of me uh, with a, a bunch of people from the plane, and she suddenly disappeared. And it, I just fell to my knees, asking God to take this barf away. And uh, I, in fact, I could show you, I just found a whole bunch of I, um, Iberia vomit bags that I had yes. me. it was awful it was like a, a neurovirus like a 48 hour one yeah. I had to keep a bin behind my amp yeah it was funny let's talk about me yeah, <laughs> well, what about you yeah um let's scratch my hand oh, hang no, on no, I was gonna yeah. get me just give one second well you know you're well, not the first person throw off a plane and throw off a plane from a rock band kind of gives it that whole vibe not not as it used to be you know, but uh, what's that? Sorry, <laughs> I think making it a little more rock and roll by being sick and coming off a plane. You know, it used to be from partying. Now it's just from being sick. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, you you know. Know, well, I don't do. I, I can't. You know. Um, I'm good for about a half a pint. <laughs> and then, I, I don't know I why people do that's the that's the model now. Everybody kind of, you know, is teetotal and it's very. You have to be, you know, to work hard and be doing a lot nowadays. There's not a lot of that anymore. The excess. Not that I talk to. There isn't. As we were saying earlier, with you helping you, you actually you taking over, doing the managing and stuff. I see a lot of spouses and family members taking over management now of artists, doing a billion percent better, and the artists are doing better yeah. than they've ever been. It's not surprising. I just did the budget. I just did the budget yeah, for, the, for the last um, about it. Yeah. Uh, tour we yeah. just did. And you know, when we put this band together initially, I was managing the band and I had zero experience like zero and I didn't want to do it because it you know it, it's time consuming and it's not fun and so I hired this fanboy that I met backstage at a show and he, you know we became friends he was really nice and we you know I, I asked him would you be interested in doing this because he was really knowledgeable about Graham and so we had him for a few years and it, it started out good. And then just gradually, we, you know, we were making a third of what we were making when I first started doing this, you know, it was really bad. And so then we got this great management company, huge company that they do Saxon, Uriah Heap, you know, Blackstar Riders, Europe, like big name. And we thought, oh, this is going to be great. But we were low men on the totem pole. I have oh, nothing see, bad yeah. to say about No, them but at all. priority is priority. Numbers are numbers. Money is money. Yeah. Yeah. It just, it, and, you know, I'm friends with Steve Lukather, and he took over managing Toto. And he's like, it's, mm -hmm. it's so easy. Do it yourself. Yeah. And yeah. so I am doing that with still zero experience, but we are having uh, better routing, better shows you know, bigger venues, more money. It, it's just better, you know? So, and I'm kind of like with everything we've done, I'm sorry, I totally hijacked this. I'm so sorry. No, you are actually, I, no, this, this, is, this is good. We were talking, <laughs> we were actually talking about you before. You just weren't here to add to this conversation. We were talking about this before, so it's good. Yeah, yeah. But I was All just stuff, say, I promise. 
every new task I take on because I literally wear so many hats because I'm manager, tour manager, tour coordinator, social media manager, merch. He's fighting a trademark battle battle for Alcatraz and I'm sort of spearheading that for him. And then shopping a deal for his version of Alcatraz, which is unbelievable. I, I wish I could play you the demo. Actually, I probably well, could after this. But anyway, with each new task that I, you know, become proficient at, and I even um, executive produced our last record, which yeah, I didn't right. know what I was doing, but it went off without a hitch. It, you know, I had no problems and um, I hired, a, it was very female centric. We had, a, it was an all female sort of good. <laughs> yeah. But I feel so proud of myself with everything that I'm learning to do. I'm like, oh my God, I can do things. I'm I'm not just, you know. it, it, it makes sense. I mean, obviously, you, you know, if you know what you like. And, and and any woman that knows what she likes can figure out anything. So, and I mean, it's the highest compliment. Like, you know, you like, you're in the driver's seat. You know what you like for the music. You know what Grammys, you know, you know, you know what you, how you tour. You're on the tour, so you know what you like, what you don't like, what's working, what's not working. I mean, everything's right there in front of you, whereas somebody else doesn't really care what's going on. You're invested 100% exactly. in everything. Exactly. And also, I'm just tired of him getting taken advantage of by people. Well, that's, that's what I'm saying. That was the first thing is you have his back. But yeah. collectively, the teamwork right there is very important to an artist, you know, and to the and then to the band, it, it shows in the music, you know. I think it does. Yeah. I'm saying the music's been fantastic. These last three albums, I'm saying I like some of the best he's ever done. These last three, yeah, I, I agree with you. That's which is so. <laughs> well, I no, I what. agree with him too. No, it's it's. Um, I, I said to him before, I said, you know, I never really want to listen to my albums again. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. you know, but but this one, the new, the last one we did, I could listen to it again and again because the sound on it is so good. And I can hear different things in each track again, you know, that uh, I didn't realize we did in the first place, you know, like little guitar bits or keyboard bits, whatever, you know, little tricks um, that are in there. And uh, I... I like my vocal performance, and I don't usually. I usually go, oh, crap, I should have done that again. But on this one, uh, well, on these three albums, I, I've yeah. never sort of gone, uh, let me do it again. I feel very, you know, I'm very proud of those three albums we've made. They sound great to me, you know, and I don't well, they, usually... they sound top to bottom is what it is. To me, I like an album. I'm still the guy that holds out that likes albums, and I hear it. I appreciate the order of songs that come in. They need a good, yeah. a good lineup. Need, so, with a good lineup and mm. all good songs, and they all sound a little bit different, it's a fun experience because I can listen to it beginning to end. And that's how I like to do that. I hate skipping around and making a playlist. I want to hear an album. And that's why I can be like, I like these albums because I can just throw in that one, you know, I'm going to hear it, you know, I'm going to yeah. hear Imposter, I'm going to hear, you know, whatever. Yeah. And that, that's important. Yeah. Other albums I have to skip around. So, yeah. Well, that's good. That's good because uh, I know what you're talking about because. When I bought a Beatles album, I always skip Ringo track. <laughs> you know, oh Ringo's track. Oh, bloody hell! You know, it's um, it's one of the. But this one, um, I, oh God, it sounds like I'm fucking on an ego trip here. No. But I, I could listen to all those tracks again and go, yeah, that's fucking good. It that's was really fun good. figuring out the song order. You know, it's very important. They are, they're so yeah. different from each other. We wanted to make sure that you know we took everybody on like a really cool ride. I, well, they, they have to tie in together, but not jump. They can be so, you can't jump the shark, but they right. got to work together and be different. And for the record, it's not ego if you have pride and you can still take ownership. You can have pride, yeah. but it's not <laughs> making an ego trip. 
But back to me, the song listing is very important. I know that takes sometimes weeks for some bands to figure it out. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, the dog. I, well, <laughs> I don't know. You're letting do. her do that. You're, you have just, to be a boss. Ah, Lucy, Lucy, sit. Sit. That's not shaking. <laughs> sit. Come on, sit. Good girl. Oh, Good girl. Uh, uh, sit. Give me a paw. Yeah, sorry about this. Oh, isn't she right. great? She is good. <laughs> Our little are great. Did you tell, I, can I just say a really cute, funny little vignette? Two things about this album. One, yeah. David's mom. Um, when we played in Sheffield, was it? Uh, David came to the show. Yeah, David's, <laughs> yeah, my friend David. Yeah, I, that, um, he hadn't heard the album. He hadn't heard that track. And I said to him, it's a bit racy because it's about his mom. And I was like seven or eight years old or something. And uh, well, I don't know if you know the song very well, but da 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 the David's mom. No. Uh, the story is absolutely true. I I, I remember sitting at um, on the chair somewhere in David's mom's in their house. And uh, going to, we're going downtown, and his mom said, well, I'll take you, you know. And then the whole story comes out. She's standing in front of me. I'm going, okay. And then she starts to do the thing with the stockings. And I'm going, what's, what's the matter with me? <laughs> I'm feeling funny. And of course I was, but I didn't know why. And uh, she was looking at me and going, yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. I've got you. <laughs> I've got your attention, Graham. Anyway, it was um, my first sort of, um, experience in a sexual way but not actually having sex you know sexual awakening sexual awakening yeah it was it was weird i'm to this day i, I remember it and playing less paul records and all, all that thing i put in that song all the stuff i put in there is absolutely true we have one of those wind up uh gramophone things and uh less paul um less paul and mary ford on you know those whatever they were made of, but they used to break what, acetate or whatever it was, mm. and um, yeah, be way before unbreakable LPs came along, and it was. Uh, Can I tell you the funny, the second funny one? Oh, oh yeah. Um, so the song he wrote with Don Airy, he was mm -hmm. really struggling initially. Like he, Don sent you know a little pass, a lick, uh, and Graham's going, uh huh what am I going to do with this? And he was really kind of listening from all angles and trying to figure out how to do it. And he, he's like, you know, what is this about? It's just a freaking song, you know? And so he chose that for the title. And then after it was completed and Don had heard it, he, he had written for like, for tax reasons, he had to put it or publishing. He had to, he said, what, what's the title? And I, and I wrote back, I said, it's just a freaking song. And he goes, he's like, yeah, I know. That's funny. But what's the title? <laughs> no, that, that's yeah. the title. Yeah. And he came actually to uh, see us play last year. But we didn't do that song. But yeah, no. that was that was a funny little moment. Because he's like, oh. <laughs> no, I, I, yeah, obviously I had to clean it up because I was going to go, it's just a fucking song. Yeah, that was yeah, the, the original working title, just a fucking song. I was, I was getting angry at the, the, the notebook. I'm going, what the hell can I write here? You know, uh, like everybody has that frustration, you know, the, the, the blank paper is laughing at you. You know, it's like, oh, God. You know, and I, I knew I had to get this done and I couldn't think of what to make it up about because the little thing that Don sent me wasn't very much. It was just a little, little pass of two, you know, let's say, probably about four or five or maybe about 10 bars of um, keyboard stuff. And then yeah. we had to add to that to make it a full, you know, song, so to speak. So um, that's what we did later. 
And then when when we landed the parts, the guitar parts, etc., then it came to me. Uh, yeah, it's just a fucking song. It's just a fucking song, you know. And you know the the blank papers are laughing at me because I can't think of what to write, you know. But that's basically what that's about. And uh, David's mom, David's mom, yeah. Uh, David's mom, by the way, passed away about uh, two years ago. She was 90, wow. 92. Really? Wow. Mm, yeah. And uh, she was a very beautiful young woman. And uh, it was, you know, it, she was slim and a bit like Bethany, slim and just built, <laughs> just built perfectly. Yeah. I just wish she had chosen a anything but garters and stockings. What a pain in the butt. <laughs> uh, well, no, you know, I mean, that was then. This she is, this is 1950. I know, was. but you, you haven't lost your love for it, have you? Oh, I know. Well, I don't think any guy has. You know, it's a, it's a thing. She's saying it would have been nice if it was like sweatpants, you know? Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Goose. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you know, you wear a bra and all that. I mean, what's the difference? Not so much anymore. He wants baby. It was. Exactly. You want theater you know. and you want comfort. It's yeah. the story of the ages, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, our first tour we did in Spain, the um, promoter took us out to eat and I had brought a dress along. He's like, please wear the flying ear, which is what he calls that stuff. And so I said, okay. And I'm sitting at the table, the entire band, the promoter, a couple other people, when I hear snap and this, my stocking goes shooting down my leg. I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to have to spend the rest of my life sitting at this table eating paella because I'm not getting up, you know, I'm just not doing hey. Do you remember that? Yeah, I do, yeah. And uh, you said um, wardrobe malfunction in the street. Yeah. I, I remember. Yeah. I, yeah. I did my best to try to rig it and get to the ladies' room to fix it. But I, that, yeah. I said, from now on, this does not leave the house. Mm -mm. That's that's funny. Well, should I get out I'm of here? Sure. No, you're fine. No, we're we you're actually a part of the conversation, so it's 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 fine actually. Or it makes sense. What is what is songwriting for, for the band at this point? Because he's like I said, the albums, the past three albums, it feels a lot different. It feels um more organic. Has it changed, or is it just the production? Is it like what is the the missing piece that it just sounds so much better? Years. You know, yeah. The thing is though, on the middle, meanwhile, back in the garage, Khan had yeah. left the band at that So the production on that is eh, not not as good. And the songs are good because the one consistent thing is this right. guy. That's why the songs are good on Alcatraz and the songs are good, you know, Michael Shanker Assault Attack, because the consistent thing is Graham is a great writer. But right. Conrad, I'm sorry I'm taking over this freaking interview. But I just, because Conrad's my bro, I got to say this. He brings out the best in Graham. The two of them work so well together that it just yins and yangs it like perfectly. Okay, I'm going to shut him up. So there. That, that makes sense. That makes sense, you know. Yeah. What he's done, he's improved over the couple of years we've been together, you know. Yeah. Yeah, he really has. And taken, you know, a lot of time getting the sound of uh, each track together, you know, not just recording it and then, okay, next, next. Next, he listens to every little bit, and I, I do too with him. And uh, just make sure it is like I was saying to you get that, you know, that power that never seemed to be there on stuff I recorded, you know, years ago. The, the, it doesn't pick up the body. I, I'm talking about the voice, obviously, right? You know, the, the 
of the body, what what's there, the chest sound, the, the throat sound, the, the soft parts, the vibrato, etc. Yeah, that mic is uh, good too. Yeah, the mic. What is that microphone? Erland. What is it called? A company called Erland gave Graham a mic to record with, and it's just oh, it's fucking great. Really yeah, captures yeah. his voice well. Yeah, I mean, yes. <laughs> no, that's oh, what we're yes. talking about because it, you know. Nothing could capture his voice early on. It made it sound thin because he has a, such a large voice, but the microphones couldn't capture it the same. And like so, these last couple albums sound yeah. huge, you know. Yeah. Even meanwhile, in the garage it still sounds bigger than some of the early ones, you know, the classic ones. Yeah. I mean, it's just it has a bigger sound. But as far as like but like songwriting, when you you've worked with different players all all through your life, do you feel like it's because if you're more comfortable, you feel safer, you're pushing yourself more to write a better song? Or do you feel like sometimes that dynamic between like, you know, like some artists, like there, it's a very bunch of push and pull. You know what I mean? My song, your song, and and like no one will go outside their safe area. But when an artist works with someone else they trust, they'll do something that's a little more awkward and try something different. And I hear a lot of artists are like, yeah, working with this person is way better because I'm trying things new. I'm embarrassing myself because I'm pushing it. You know, do, do you find that no, I- happening? I don't know. I never even thought about it, really, to be honest with you. I just, uh, I've been very lucky that people say, oh, I'd like to play, an, a, you know, a track with you or an album track or something. And people send me songs and I go, no, 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 no. Because I, I always work with uh, Conrad and Bethany. Um, so it, it's just, um, I think because of what I've done before, I've played with, since I was, you know, 19 years old with very, very good musicians, you know, and they've always been there. And people say, well, what are you doing now? Is it, what kind of music are you doing? And no matter what kind of music I've done over the years, people want to play with me for some reason. And it's not all been heavy metal, so to speak. It's been very varied. And uh, I know a lot of great uh, blues players, R&B players in England, and they all came came to the fore and just said, okay, you know, my manager would get all this together for me uh, back then, you know. Um, I never organized the the players as such, but there was always somebody there knocking at the door going, yeah, I'd love to play on the track with Graham. I've been very lucky that people like what I do in all different kinds of genre of music. It's not just the, you know, that stuff. It's... Um, yeah, it's that as well, you know, the angelic and the not so angelic. And it, I've been very, very lucky ever since, um, you know, I met the Bee Gees back in 1968. Those guys well, introduced of, me to the music business. Well, you do doing what? You did a couple of their songs, like two or three, or two songs? Yeah. I mean, that's, what a way to start, right? Singing songs yeah, with the so, Bee Gees, like, that doesn't I, suck. I'm sorry? That doesn't, I said, that doesn't suck. suck. No, off it doesn't, no. By them. Oh, I, was, I, like, I love the Bee Gees, so to me, I'm like, yeah, I mean, well, the they uh, in the world. They they write for everybody, you know. I mean, uh, Barry's a very talented man. Yeah, uh, you know, he's, he was one of my closest friends, but I haven't seen him for like fifty years or whatever it is, forty years. And um, we went to see him play, and uh, we never got backstage to go into the dressing room because there's like a crowd. We were backstage, but there was, there was like one hundred fifty people, and yeah, just weren't interested. It was really silly. I haven't seen him forever. Last time I saw him was in Australia back in 1990-something. They had an album out, uh, One. I think it's called One. And um, Maurice came with the album. He said, this is our new album. We're going to be in touch with you, Graham. We'll start recording again. And I almost got back with them, but then the Capitol Records said, we don't want him. And uh, they were with Capitol at the time. 
it was at the time when the Michael Bolton solo singer, yeah. so to speak, were yeah. like a thing. And uh, Barry said, well, you know, we can work with you again, Graham. Come on, Michael Bolton. And I won't say what he said, but, you know, it yeah. wasn't very uh, flattering towards his talent, let's say that. And, uh, and I was really excited about it. And then I suddenly got a, a, a message from Barry. He called me up and he said, Graham, I, I've got some bad news for you. I said, what is it? He said, uh, the record company just want to go with this, you know. And they were organizing my photograph sessions, uh, him and Morris, because they were the, the Barry and Morris were my closest uh, friends in the Bee Gees. And uh, they got that all together. And um, it was just dropped. They said, no, they don't want him, you know. So that's, I was very, very, very upset about that because I was dying to work with them again, you know. They were my close friends that lived in London, yeah. You should should try tracking them down. And I mean, I know he's down in Florida being reclusive, so. Yeah. Yeah, we we sent him, what did we send him? Well, I should have sent him a book. I think we sent him uh, a CD, like one of the albums. Yeah, because he's, yeah, because, um, uh, Stephen is Stephen was uh, his son. He's very much into uh, yeah. Alcatraz. Yeah, he's yeah, an Alcatraz fan, an English Malmsteen fan. Yeah. So, uh, but Barry's not that kind of guy, he isn't Michael? Like <laughs> no, but he he actually Stephen Stephen was on my show not that long ago. Stephen has yeah. a new album, Kill Kill yeah. Robot. Really, really good stuff. Really kind of smart, <laughs> different, and um, he'd also, you know, I think it's and I think when his album came out, uh, Barry actually went online and typed a little a little note for people to check it out but that's the thing the only time i've heard him online in a long time he's pretty much yeah off the off the yeah i've never met Stephen. you know i I, but uh i was looking forward to saying hello to barry again when we went to see him and you know maybe get in touch with the family again you know linda and everything yeah and uh because, because it sounds silly now but we were really close i mean Unbelievably close. Barry would come over to my house in London and uh, come in his new. He had a car called the Marcos, which is or Marcus. There's like only three in the world or something, and it had L plates on it, which is even funnier because he couldn't drive, so he had to take somebody <laughs> with with him. And you know, in England they had that big red L for learner, you know. So there's this fancy freaking car rolls up outside the apartment. And I'm, I look out the window, and the seat's really laid back. It looks like uh, something that Batman would, uh, you know, drive or something. And there's this car, this Marcus, which got like billions of dollars. I don't know how much exactly, but uh, we could pick us up, me and my cousin. And uh, but anyway, eventually the L plates went. <laughs> <laughs> but it was just so funny to see this really jazzy, souped-up fucking vehicle and L-plates on it. You don't drive a car like that with L-plates, you know. You drive an old Ford or something, you know. But this was a, uh, an exclusively uh, built car. There's like, as I said, there's about seven in the world. So they're like tailor-made for certain people. And so... I've never I heard of that. I'll have to look it up, I, I'm sure. Yeah. It's quite the first, first car to learn on, though, huh? Yeah. I think it's... Yeah. <laughs> I think it's called Mark, Marcos or Marcos. I'm not sure. But um, it was, uh, you know, there weren't many in the world, let's just say that, because uh, not many people could afford them. But Barry could right. at that time, you know. I think the only thing I've seen Barry in the Bee Gees was those little bands. I'm sorry, what? I think, I think the only thing I've seen for Barry and the Bee Gees in were some of their videos for some of the bands that they did, those little yeah. bands that they were in with the Bee Gees on it. I think that's the only yeah. thing I've seen them in, so I'm sure it would be easy to track down. 
Yeah. You know. <laughs> well, you know, I, uh, my co- well, my cousin was in the Bee Gees. My, you know, my partner in crime on the, our early recordings, and uh, so I saw a lot of the Bee Gees um, home movies. You know, my cousin used to film them, and they used to film each other, and it was so funny that. Um, I saw those those kids grow up as little boys you know, singing their uh, Peter, Paul and Mary songs were their favourites. I seem to remember, you know, bl- uh, blowing in the wind and uh, what whatever else, you know. But uh, the harmony was there since they were, you know, 10 years old or whatever, or before that even. But they just knew each other's voices so well. And Morris knew where to put his harmony and Robin also. And then Barry was always the lead. But then eventually it came over, it turned around. It was Robin and uh, uh, Barry were taking the lead, you know, lead vocals. And that that became, when, when they split up, that was one of the reasons they split up, was because they couldn't agree on, you know, who's going to sing this, this one? Who's going to sing right. this one? And so Robbie went out on his own, Morris was out on his own, and Barry. And neither of them did very well, you know, until they got back together again. And strengthened all them together, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the brothers, for Christ's sakes, you know. And it was um, just to see those old videos of them on TV shows was just amazing. My cousin in Australia, he had his own show, or a show he hosted, and uh, he would have the Bee Gees on as guests. And then the Bee Gees had him, my cousin Trevor, as lead guitar player and lead singer. So oh, wow. the early records made by the Bee Gees was, his name is Trevor Gordon. Trevor Gordon and the Bee Gees on the Leiden label. And so... <laughs> I'm sure I've heard it because I actually like some of the earlier albums before they broke, broke, you know, worldwide. There's yeah. some good stuff on those early albums, like the first couple. There's some yeah. really good... Cool- vocal lines on there that I just don't think the world's discovered. They they do it for the pops, you know, the, the bigger hits. Yeah. Those early albums are treasures on their own. Yeah, it's one album called Rare, Precious and Beautiful. That's uh, one that my cousin played on a few tracks on that. But uh, of course, Trevor, my cousin, um, he didn't, you know, stay with the Bee Gees. They all live in Australia. The Bee Gees came to England to uh, be managed by Robert Stigwood. And Trevor, my cousin, was still in Australia. But he came over later, and he came over to live with me and my mum and dad because his parents stayed in Australia uh, to pursue a career in London, you know. And that he did. He he was in a couple of TV shows. And um, then uh, later on, we got Barry's uh, telephone number. It's a long story. I'm sorry, I'm babbling on a bit here. But later on, we got Barry's telephone number. We went over to see Barry my cousin Trevor, he went over to see Barry and uh, Barry said to him, Trevor, we'll we'll start recording with you again because he said to him, which Trevor didn't like, he says, uh, I think you're like the Cliff Richard of Australia. And Trevor goes, what? (laughs) He didn't like that at all. And he said to, to the guys, he said, well, my cousin sings also, and that's me, because we were playing in a band together in London, me and Trevor. And uh, so I, I went over in a couple of days later and uh, we started singing together with our guitars, our acoustic guitars at uh, Robert, uh, Robert Sigwood's apartment. And Robert oh, wow. Sigwood said, uh, Barry, do you have a song for these boys? And Barry said, no, <laughs> but uh, if you insist, suddenly we were a, a duo, a, ju- a duo even. <laughs> we were a duo. And so me and Trevor were 
partnered like uh, the Righteous Brothers. And that's the kind of a tag we got in England was uh, the, the British Righteous Brothers, uh, Trevor and Graham. We're called the Marbles, unfortunately, which is Barry's name. He, he suggested that. And I'm going, no, 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 no. <laughs> but it's right here. I couldn't say no. Yeah, Steve would thought of, um, what did he, uh, he wanted to call us the gravy train, Robert Sigler's idea. And Barry goes, <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> and then, of course, Robin and uh, Maurice had ideas, but uh, but it was the in the end, it was Barry's decision. The Marbles. And it sounds such a wimpy name, but we had a hit record or two. Well, yeah, well in, in time period, you know, a lot, a lot of song, a lot of uh, band names haven't held up over the years. So I think back then it it fit, you know, it wasn't that out there you know, yeah. at the time. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's it's it is crazy. And it is phenomenal for you know the songs you start off with. So what are we looking at for this year? Are we gonna tour? Yeah. Well, and then an album or like what are like what's the plans for people well, yeah, got well we're we're sure. touring um early in the year we've got some american shows and directly after that we've got scandinavia and beyond that I don't, i'm actually not sure what's going on but it's we do need to record something and that what we're trying to figure out is is it going to be Graham's version of Alcatraz that he's going to do next or will it be another GBB album? Because GBB is always going to be our baby. You know, that's it's a priority. Yeah. But he, you know, people always say, like, Graham Bonnet's name is stronger than Alcatraz. You don't need that name. Right. And, I agree. But, and they say, or just, you know, do this... Do the material. Because did he... Did you talk about Jeff Loomis and Van Williams? Not really, no. Okay, because... No, his version of Alcatraz includes Jeff Loomis from Nevermore okay. and Archie yep. and Van Williams from Nevermore. And, and they're insanely talented men, like crazy good. <clears throat> but the material that they're doing does not sound like the Grand Bonnet Band. And right. you can't just, you know, call a band a name because it's convenient. It's not. Grant, what The Grand Bonnet Band we're not Alcatraz. That's what the other guys in our band did was because I was in Alcatraz. They we just toggled over to Alcatraz. We just we thought that name would had yeah. you know selling, but it really didn't. We didn't. If anything, no, we were it, it, we did. It wasn't as uh, popular as Grand Bonnet. So, but it's a different feel. It's a different <clears throat> style of music. Even though they're both harder, it, it's they're two different animals. So, it's. It's kind of, we're we're we might be coming in the back door as far as how we're gonna oh, get it. <laughs> I know it's a start. I'm like, oh, that's not a good choice. Coming in the back door, but uh, we that'll be, actually... be the third innuendo of the, the show tonight with him. <laughs> Is that all, Graham? You're slipping. Well, well, all right. Right. <laughs> We've been focused. We've been focused on topics. <laughs> um, so we may actually start with because we're tight with a label in Japan. And we may start with them and then try to find distribution in Europe as opposed yeah. to we did it the, normally it's the other way around. And we work with Frontiers. They're a fine label. I, I'm I'm a little disappointed in them because they, without discussing it with us, um, went with a different label on our last record. And it was really a letdown for the label that we're, you know, right. So with you know mm -hmm. so um and that's why i'm glad 
I have a little bit more of a handle on what's yeah, happening because I can make some decisions based on that. So anyway, if we can, if we can, it might be Alcatraz first. Graham Bonnet's Alcatraz. He he could never use it in the pure form again because it's just been degraded by the people who've made two records on it and called it that. And I don't know if you've heard them, but I I actually haven't because Alcatraz is always bad. I'm not just saying that is the old albums that you you know back in the day. And that's the... why I don't know what their plan was to call an album call a band Alcatraz that sounded nothing like Alcatraz, nothing, because they don't have the songwriting, because they never contributed to the guys that are in the band now. They, You know, he gave them credit just because he's that guy. He'll do that. Um, but they didn't contribute to any of the songwriting. They didn't write anything. So it doesn't yeah, sound, they can't sound like Alcatraz. I actually haven't seen it or followed it. Actually, I've only known that there's been the, the split yeah. of the names, you know. Yeah. And it's I, always a hassle to, to kind of, you know, because I think, well, I think if the fans know it's you doing Alcatraz songs, regardless of what you call it, whether it's just you was like about like a solo and the album's called Alcatraz. You know what That's I'm saying? He, <laughs> he said the I same thing. I just called the album Alcatraz, called the band ramp on it. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. But that would yeah. say it's this. Oh, there isn't it's, it. It's, no, it, that would draw a line. You may have, you, who knows how things work out, but my trademark point is, I don't battle know. is raging. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, I, mean, I think, regardless, I think the fans, it gets kind of so diluted after a while. No one's like, I don't care. I just want to hear the music. If they right. see Graham's name and they hear he's going to be doing Alcatraz and Alcatraz sound music, he's going to go regardless of what the label and the wording and the, the picture is. You know what I mean? Everything else is just the details for you guys as far as um, mm. the promo and the payment. That's that's really what it comes down to because the fans are going to see you do Alcatraz songs. You know, that's really comes down to. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the other band can't, there's certain songs they can't do live. They just can't, you know, who could reproduce the sound of grand bonnet right well that's the sound that that is that well to me that is the sound of him that's hard because there's a lot of classic bands they try going on i support bands going on but there is always a classic lineup as we talked about earlier that is a band that's you know and you really there's not a lot of bands you can go on with the original singer and or guitar player sound maybe the guitar player you can emulate the singer can't really you know copy the singer very few bands do it if they do if they do they're like a super tribute band which is kind of hard too. You know, yeah, I'm not going to yeah. throw any bands on the bands on the bus, but when the singers left their bands and they still do, they still have them, and they they grab singers from you know tribute bands or whatever, you know, and and fill it in. It sounds good, but it's not the hard's not the same anymore. You know, right? I yeah. say we're in a tribute to Graham Bonnet. Our band is a tribute to Graham Bonnet because <laughs> I, I mean we try to get play some of our newer material, but he's had so many you know hits that and. It's mandatory we play them that sometimes it's like oh that's right we're still making music well that's the hard part i was going to ask that too i mean that's, that's going to wrap this up but i wanted to ask that that can be the last question so the challenge of writing new new music and, and hopefully we'll, we can do this again later on you get your next you work on the next album i'd like to talk again um yeah set list though how are we because you that is a good question like if, it, if it's your show, you can do a longer night, but that's a lot on the band and everything else in the venue. So picking songs, but writing new music is exciting. You, mm -hmm. Writing good music has is, is got to be like kicking the butt if you can't play it live because it's not like you're just like dialing it in for an album for the label. You're writing because you love it. Mm. Mm -hmm. You know, we do some some of the newer stuff and the audiences are usually singing along. They know the songs. So 
That's a problem with, with new things. You never know exactly what to do because nobody knows it. But I noticed when we did, I think it was in Japan. Did we, what did we play in Japan? Two, two of them. We did, we did three. We did um, Into the Night off the first record. And then off the newer record, we did Imposter and Uncle John, Uncle which John. is a waltz. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I looked down at the audience and uh, I'm thinking, they're singing the freaking, you know, the verses not the chorus where every sings along you know like usual but uh, they're singing the verses with me so they, they definitely listened in japan you know that's our one of our main markets obviously you know and uh when, when i went over there with rainbow years ago i remember cozy power saying to me you won't believe what it's gonna be like when you go to japan so, japan you know and then suddenly i did realize well once we got off the bloody plane it was like Beatlemania. it was <laughs> yeah. insane you know, people, we went into the lobby of the hotel and people come from behind plants and, oh, sorry, that, you know, it's like. That sounds awesome for like five minutes. And then it just sounds to me like, oh, too many people. <laughs> I need my space. <laughs> but I'm anyway, the worst uh, touring musician ever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. But I, I tell you something, that was the best time of my life I, because it changed what the way I thought about music. The way I thought about this kind of music, the so-called heavy music or heavy rock, whatever it is, uh, because I was so dedicated to doing more, you know, sort of R&B, pop type of thing, you know, or anything, folk songs. You know, I recorded anything. I didn't have one particular way to go uh, vocal wise because I like singing everything, jazz, whatever it may be, reggae. Uh, I don't know. Um, well, big Cliff Richards fan. Oh, so. <laughs> Irish music. I don't, I don't know. But um you know, I just like singing, not being put in a box, you know, like, oh, he's a heavy metal singer. Or, yeah. I, I'm just a singer, the end. Not heavy metal, not R&B, not pop. Not, but I'm a singer. I'm singing the same way as I did now as I did when I was, you know, 19. I'm singing the same kind of notes, the same kind of inflections in my voice, the same kind of high notes, low notes, vibrato, etc. I'm doing the same thing, but all of a sudden I'm this. I'm heavy metal. Huh? I, I accept that, which is great. I love that. It's fantastic. Well, it's the power of the community is what it is, I think. That's the difference. Is, you know, hey? Of all the genres, heavy metal, hard rock has more of a community feeling, I think. You know, yeah, yeah. Of all of them. I think that's, you know, and it's more well, I never open myself like that. You know, I never thought of being... I he just calls this snails. That's a snail. Snails. <laughs> the snails. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just a singer. You know what I mean? Just... Forever, thank you. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that's all I'm going to think about now. Thanks. Yeah, he'll go. Oh, that's a two snail. Is, is that a one snail or a two snail? Oh, I think it's a one snail, that one. Or oh, maybe one and a half. <laughs> that's how heavy it is. But, you know, it, a singer is a singer, a guitar player is a guitar player, I think. And, uh, you know, I, I, I never thought of Richie Blackmore being a heavy metal guitar player. I just think he was a very good guitar player, incredibly good. You know, but then when Ingve um, was in Alcatraz, that was more, that was more, it was wilder and probably a little yeah. bit more heavy, if you will, you know. But um, a guitar player, still a guitar player, still the same freaking notes. And I'm still singing the same way as I did when I was in uh, The Marbles. Thank you, Barry Hib. <laughs> That's what you should call it. The, the hey. Marbles Alcatraz. Yeah, I know. You've got you've got to listen to the marbles. Yeah, I'm gonna go back. There's actually yeah, I'll go back and listen to that. I got to listen to the earlier albums and, and go back and hear it with fresh ears now. Where yeah. I'm, I'm gonna put the links for everybody that's listening and watching. Uh where can they go 
that's best to keep updates for the tour and stuff. Well, uh, we we rely on the Graham Bonnet Music Facebook page. Okay. Um, yep. to Which is what I follow. Up. I didn't know if you had another source that you like to use better or less. You know, now we probably should get a website, but I feel like people use social media, and I we we should probably toggle over to like TikTok or Instagram or whatever. But Facebook's works better with. Uh, our age group, you know. I was gonna say that actually it is. It's hard because but then you're dealing with the, the algorithms and only a handful of people see what's really out there. Instagram is owned by Facebook. TikTok is a whole different generation, which is really the quick 10 second dancing. I don't even know. I tried it a little bit for my show. I, I stopped okay. I stopped doing it. It was just gonna give me an anxiety attack. I'm like, I can't do this. Yeah. yeah. I said you haven't lived till you've seen Graham dance. <laughs> Graham dance which yeah. one? I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Um, but so, I mean, that's the challenge of what to do. Like, yeah. So maybe having something, a main page or something, a good place to sell your wares yeah. in your hat. We have really good engagement on the Graham Bonnet Music Facebook page. Okay. It's, well, that's you know, where the link will be, you know, and obviously yeah. go to go over to, you know, wherever you stream, but I mean, go to YouTube at least and stream from there because at least you'll probably get yeah. a better gig off the money. If you're at least going to stream it from YouTube or YouTube Music, then you will from the other streamers. I'm not going to mention any names, Spotify. Right. Um, <laughs> but i think you'll awesome. probably get better you know at least at least they'll uh you can track them better on youtube um that's where all your stuff i've been listening to off of youtube um uh music lately i started doing that trying them and sounds love... good and all your stuff well they hit the music just music thing i do now and i'm like yeah. oh it's kind of fun that's what i listen to now so i, it, I it's love a place. the comments on youtube they're hilarious they're so funny the comments I mean, comments they're mostly favorable, but every now and then somebody says something stupid, but sometimes they just say things are really funny. Yeah. You know? I've heard quite a few on my on my page, too. I kind of, yeah. I don't get into it. I won't engage with them. I just keep moving on. Oh, like, if know. anybody says something shitty, I just move on. I mean, they're entitled to their opinion. I don't care. I don't dwell. I don't care. Um, and fortunately, I, I mean, some people bag on me a little bit, but I don't. I don't get mentioned all that much in one way or the other, but you know, it's all about. But why should anybody say anything about, anything about anybody? I'm like, people on my page will say something. I'm like, why are you come on my page? I literally put together a nice interview with an artist with maybe some different questions of clearly you're here because you like the artist. Why would you leave something negative? If you walk yeah. to somebody's house, would you say something negative on the way out? Like, if you don't like the person or you don't like the interview, just, just click it. Like, to take the extra effort as an adult to do that, like, what kind of person are you? I'm not going to try that. I could care less. But my point is, like, it just reflects on them. I'm like, yeah. go back to your, go back to your basement. I, I you know, whatever. That's it. You know. That's it. That's exactly. the effort. If, if you're not positive, they just they're lonely. They're, they're lonely and bored, and they want to take you down with them. You know? And uh, they can make friends instantly by just going click, you know, or lose friends instantly. It's, I think um, it's losing them. They're not going to hang around my show much because I don't, I don't need that noise, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's all it's all about just enjoying the music, you know, in the community. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, this has been fantastic. Thank you, thank you, both of you. I'm glad you know you, you came yeah, out too. Thank you. No, no, no. I, I was actually I thought. And uh, I want that guitar on the. I like the one on the left. That one there. The uh, that looks nice. That one. Uh, so send it to me. <laughs> right pair of yeah, right. Some of my, the 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 turquoise uh, is my daughter's bass, and a lot of mine okay. aren't even here. And this one. Um, or upstairs, yeah. That's actually a, 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 a I don't even know what it is. Ibanez bass, I think. Yeah. I think what else here? Another uh, couple. Of, most a lot of those are my kids, and some of them are mine. Mine are all upstairs. So, oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I gotta stop getting them, otherwise I'm gonna end up in divorce court. So. 
<laughs> that's a that's a yeah. goal for me right now. Besides, records are easier to sneak into the house now than than the guitar. You know. It's yeah, smaller. yeah. When, when we came when we came home from the tour, there was a big clock in in the living room from Fender, and I and I'm like, what is this? And I look, and it's got my name on it. And I'm like, did they make a mistake or something? And I opened it up, and it was a beautiful American made um, precision, and there was no card. There's nothing in it. I'm like, I don't know what to do here. And my mind instantly went to um, one of my closest friends is actually an A&R person at Charvel. And I texted him and I said, you wouldn't happen to have something to do with this, would you? He's like, I might. And I said, I don't understand. He said, you're so good to us. I just wanted to say thank you for always being so good. I love this guy. So he's been one of my closest besties for like 30 years. And it was so timely because <laughs> yeah. right when we, I literally did not know when I landed at the airport, if my, she's not my mother-in-law because I divorced her husband or her son a million years ago, but I was stayed very close with not just my ex-husband, but his mother. I told him. And so I didn't even know if she was alive when we landed. I literally got in a cab and I rushed over there and I did manage to get a few hours with her, but it was, you know, after being sick on the road, we were in Japan like five weeks ago. We, we, Came home from Japan, instantly went into rehearsals for a week, hosted a dinner party for 16 on Thanksgiving and got on a plane that night and had a grueling tour where everybody got hurt or was sick for three weeks. And then we flew home on what would have been my father's 92nd birthday. And I came home to my mother-in-law who died the next day. You know what I mean? Like that base could not have come at a better time. It really just was the little ray of hope in a very, very dismal moment. I love him. I don't want to say his name on, you know. It's all right. But, it's uh, all right. You know, it's okay. But that's awesome. That's good. It's a good. That's a good special thing. Good things are like that. Yeah. That's, that's you know, good, good, good. That's the world. That's what keeps us going. You know. Um, yeah. Thank you both for being very generous with your time today. Been a fan. Well, thank, anytime, you know. Thank you for not hinting well, that I should leave. We'll always be here. I actually thought I asked you on the on the interview when I re- reached out to you. I I meant to actually ask you officially to to be oh. part of it. So I didn't even think about that. Yeah, well, oh, I always okay, yeah. I, yeah. I didn't even think about that. Like I'm sorry. Actually, I actually apologize. I actually thought I did, and I'm thinking back. I'm like, I don't know if I did. I hate typing. I hate writing letters, texts, emails. I'm the quickest yeah. about it. That's why I'm talking. It's not a interview, and I'm going to write it down like a news. Uh, it's all about talking. So <laughs> I forget things all the time. Ask my family. <laughs> But, oh yeah, thank, thank you very much. Uh, Me too. We'll do this again. You know, let's just catch up later later next year, sooner. And um, catch yeah. up. Okay. I'll send you the, I'll send you links when the show's ready to go up. Okay. If you want to share, at okay. least have yeah. a copy. Yeah. Yeah. YouTube, yeah, Spotify, uh, iTunes, every, it goes everywhere. You everywhere. So. Yeah. So. Awesome. Thank you very much. Have a good day. All right. Thank you too, man. Thanks Take care. You.